On that note, we can't forget about the fact that there is a race for governor. And finally, there is a now a date for the Republican convention to choose who their nominee will be for governor. One of the gentlemen who would like to be the Republican nominee for governor and then eventually the governor of the state of New York is former Trump administration official and a Republican candidate for governor of the state of New York, Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, uh, thanks for joining us dark and early. Frank, always good to be on the other side of midnight over here. That's for sure. Well, so most important before any of this political stuff, how do you, you know, we, you and I have children that are almost exactly the same age. You, I, you were the first person that I heard from just about when uh, my wife was in labor. How do you have the time to run for governor with a baby? I'm trying to find the time to read a book with a baby. Uh, clearly, you've mastered some time management skills that I don't possess. You know, I joke around my wife. I'm looking forward to the five hours of sleep in the in the motels uh, all around the state of New York because I'll get a little more sleep. But thank goodness our little baby Grace, she's sleeping for three hours at a time a night. So she's given us, you know, about five to six hours a night. So it's, it's the most I could hope for. But but as you know, Frank, there's no joy like holding that little one. It's it, you don't even realize it until you actually have it. But I just remember the first night being up with her and holding her and realize that your heart's outside your chest at this point, you know? Yeah, all, all those uh, cliches about how nothing else matters are uh, that you see how true they become as soon as you become exactly. a parent. Uh, so, And exactly. I can tell you, uh, I was hanging out with your dad uh, a few weeks ago, and I've never seen the guy so uh, over the moon <laughs> and ebullient about anything. So uh, you've made him a pretty proud grandparent it, as well. It was so funny, so funny seeing him hold her the, 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 the first night there. And you and you see the Yankee ring, and at the time the Yankee ring is almost almost the size as her, as her head right there. But he's just been a great grandfather, and Ma's been a great grandma. And it's been such a joy for everybody to have a that's little baby. That's great. Well, that's great. Congratulations to everybody. Now, Thank you. Um, you made some uh, some news this week, and uh, it's kind of sad that this is the state of affairs yeah. here in Manhattan these days. But uh, you stumbled upon a woman being assaulted, and you intervened. Yeah. Tell us exactly what happened. Yeah, so I was actually coming from Penn Station, walking over to the New York Young Republicans Club. I was meeting with Gavin Wax, and I made the left off 7th on the 28th Street, and I heard a verbal altercation between a, a woman and a guy. You know, I mean, you hear stuff like that in the, in the city all the time, but, but I'm probably about 10 yards away. And the, the guy ends up hitting this woman in the face. Wow. She, she, went, she went with it, which kind of made me thought immediately that it's probably not the first time that he had hit her. Um, she looked like she was experienced in, in taking a punch, if you will. So after about two seconds, she got back up. And went at him. At that point, I was still about ten yards behind them, but I, but I got in between. Uh, there was a construction site, and as we got to the other side of the construction site, he was there, and there was a flower store. And he took a plant, and he threw the plant, and I think it was intended for the woman, but it, it hit me, uh, hit me in the face. Now, thankfully, it hit me in the soil side, and it was a, it was a plastic thing. I'm not I'm not very experienced at gardening, I, I must tell you, but it was whatever whatever the plastic lining that you'd normally transfer a plant in. But, you know, I reported to the police immediately um, and actually speaking with the detective tomorrow, as a matter of fact, to see if we have have the suspects. So uh, so there's a chance that we do. That is uh, scary, uh, but it's great yeah. that you were quick witted enough to one uh, try and intervene here. This woman could have gotten very, very seriously injured, maybe even yeah. worse. And it's frightening that this is so prevalent in our city these days. 
Yeah, it really is. And that's really why I reported. I mean, you know, I wasn't injured at all, thankfully. Um, but, you know, again, seeing that and, uh, you know, it didn't seem to me like it was the first time that that, that had happened between the two of them. Maybe it was. You know, I, I don't know. That's that's all just speculation. But um, but obviously, if I wanted to make sure that the cops had uh, had an eyewitness for me in case she decided to report that. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I, I hate to say it. It was, you know, I was talking about this with Gavin later that evening. We were only a couple blocks away from uh, what the New York Post reported on, uh, where the, 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 and I guess the best way to say this is, the guy who was getting, him, you know, getting himself off was masturbating, mm-hmm. ended up slashing the person that confronted him from doing that. We were only a couple of blocks away from that. And, you know, this is something that my father always used to say when it came to Grand Central Station or Penn Station or the, or the airports. You know, that's people's first and last impression of right. New York, right. right? I mean, it's the first time you're coming into New York. The last time you're leaving, maybe it's on a business trip, and maybe you're thinking about seeing, leaving your family. You know, you're bringing your family back. And if the last impression that you get or the first impression is uh, of somebody who's committing a crime, uh, you're probably going to be a lot less likely to take your tourist dollars into New York. And so to us, it's, it's a matter of you got to make sure not only you take care of, you know, of all of New York, but you got to certainly take care of those areas where they're going to give really people so much that that kind of an impression. Yeah, that that is for sure. And anecdotally, uh, I used to work right above Penn Station. That's where our radio station was, and I, I worked there 15 years ago, and then I worked there a year ago. And I can tell you the degradation in quality yeah. when it comes to every measurable quality of life issue, not just crime, but uh, filth, uh, homelessness, yeah. uh, just everything. It's just it's gotten markedly worse, and it's uh, incredibly noticeable. And to your point, that's uh, it's terrible that that's the image that we're putting out to New York City tourists. Now, you've yeah. been very vocal about the memo that the new Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has uh, put out urging um, restorative justice instead of incarceration for a host of crimes. He said in this memo that uh, after recounting his own experiences with the the inequities of the criminal justice system in New York City, he said that uh, he is no longer going to be seeking any prison term longer than 20 years. And uh, all sorts of crimes, subway fare evasion, marijuana misdemeanors, prostitution, mm-hmm. resisting, a me- uh, resisting arrest, among them, they are not going to be crimes that their office prosecutes, certainly not with jail time. He says that this is going to allow their office to focus on more important crimes, violent crimes, and this mm-hmm. is actually going to make people safer. You disagree? Absolutely. Well, I, I, let's, let's look at this on a couple of different levels. First and foremost— this is truly the exact opposite of broken windows policing, right? If you think about this, what he's doing is he's saying we're taking all of the low-level crimes at a minimum, and we are not going to prosecute. We are just not going to focus on that. Now, if you think about New York and where New York City was specifically in, in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s, that was the theory there. They were not allowing cops to you know, prosecute or arrest for fair evasion. Um, and guess what? You had a city that had over 2,200 murders. How did they ultimately get able? How were they able to change that in the 90s? They were able to change it by broken windows policing, by paying attention to the small things. That way, if you had somebody that committed a crime at a lower level, brought them in, they went into the correction system, and guess what? 
we call it the correction system for a reason. You ended up getting them early, so that way they would not graduate on to greater crimes. On top of that, though, it's not just a matter of prosecuting low-level crimes, right? You mentioned this in there, Frank, uh, when you were talking, right? Resisting arrest, armed robbery, he's going to prosecute those or not prosecute those and look at those as a misdemeanor. Mm -hmm. And specifically with resisting arrest, when you think of everything that our cops have been through, that our NYPD has been through over the last three years, what kind of a message does this send to, to them? You know, yesterday for the day, I actually went down, uh, spent a little time with, with President Trump and Elise Stefanik at, at her event down at Mar-a-Lago. And uh, one of the gentlemen that I spoke to down there, uh, he actually was a cop on the job for 25 years, for 21 years. Uh, and I asked him, I said, well, 21, you, you obviously wanted to go more than more than 20 because 20 or 25. He said, yeah. He said, after 20 and a half years, I saw what was happening and, and I just had to get out. And we're just losing so much talent when it comes to our great NYPD. It, it breaks my heart, but also armed robbery, too. I mean, he used the example on the Learner show a couple of days ago that if somebody were to come in and swing a pork chop, when have you ever heard of somebody committing armed robbery with a pork right, chop? Right, that strikes this me as pretty rare, joke. yes. This guy's a joke, and he's, he's ultimately at least medium a joke rare. and a mockery out of, our, out, of our, uh, out, of, out of the system here. And to, to me, it's very simple. I think Kathy Hochul needs to step up right now and remove him from office. She has the powers under Article 8, Section 13B of the New York State Constitution. And if she does not remove, remove him from power, and if you end up having somebody who he should have arrested that was not arrested or he should have charged on a felony and they end up committing another crime that, God forbid, ends up hurting or killing a police officer or another New York, another New York citizen – the blood is on Kathy Hochul's hands. Hochul needs to remove him. I can promise you this. On day one, January 1st, 2023, I will remove him from office. Now, you did an event with uh, my colleague, Curtis Lewa, the former Republican nominee for mayor of New He's York City. He's a big City. fan of yours, by the way. Uh, well, you'd never know it from his commentary on the radio. But uh, the two of you guys did this event on Monday calling for exactly that, uh, Governor Hochul, to remove Alvin Bragg from the uh, from the DA's office in Manhattan or uh, to allow for a recall provision or or both. But, um, you know, Alvin Bragg is largely doing the kind of thing that he campaigned on when he ran for D.A. last year. At some point, don't the people of Manhattan, the voters of Manhattan, have to live with the consequences of their vote, however bad those consequences may be? Well, you know, I think that's where a recall provision would be so important. Mm-hmm. I think this is really where, where Curtis is so focused on that. I mean, we're seeing the, the recall work in San Francisco in Los Angeles, where those district attorneys are going to get recalled. Um, and look, I, you, you make a great point, right? I mean, he, he ultimately is not doing too much different than what he campaigned on. This is, this is what he campaigned on. Um, but, but I do think there was probably, and unfortunately, probably some ignorance in terms of, you know, if you look even at uh, the Democratic ticket in terms of what Adams represented in the Democratic nomination versus what Alvin Bragg represented. They were two opposite ends of the Democratic Party. You know, Adams campaigned certainly in relation to all the other Democrats as the law and order candidate. Bragg, you know, campaigned as, you know, the social justice warrior who thought the cops were the were the worst thing since Mussolini. So uh, so so to us, I think this is where a recall provision 
would be really so important to have. But so, again, so that's going to be a big part of your campaign, uh, having adding a recall provision to the state constitution or to the state law. Yes, it is. And we actually have, have as, as a matter of fact, on change.org, we have, uh, we have sent out um, basically a call for signatures for New Yorkers. I think we're at about 2,000, maybe just shy of 2,000, north of 1,900 signatures. But we're asking all New Yorkers who are sick and tired of seeing crime spikes throughout our great city uh, and seeing what Alvin Bragg is going to do to this, to get out there, to take it, to read it and, uh, and take a look inside it. If you go on change.org uh, and you, uh, and you put in Alvin Bragg, you'll be able to see that right up top and, and, and consider signing it if you would. Oh, if we're people just tuning in, uh, we're talking with Andrew Giuliani this morning, former Trump administration official, a Republican candidate for governor. His website, if you want to learn more about his candidacy, make a contribution or uh, sign up to get updates, is ny4giuliani.com. That's ny4giuliani.com. Uh, give me your reaction, Andrew, to uh, Governor Hochul's state of the state. Anything you really liked in there? Anything you strongly disliked? What were your initial impressions? Well, the one thing that really stuck out to me and, and, and going all around the state, not just in New York City, but in Buffalo, in Rochester, in the rural areas of our state, on the southern tier in, in the North Country, the thing that I hear more than anything is repealing bail reform. That is the number one issue, more than taxes, more than regulation, more than even education. The one thing that all New Yorkers, and this is a lot of independents and Democrats talk about, is repealing bail reform. You realize in her state of the state speech in the 35 minutes or so that it was, she did not mention mm. bail reform one time. She's not mentioned cashless bail, so she chose to bury her head in the sand on that. She did in cursory mention crime, kind of in passing. That It seemed to me almost she would mention that that way she could check the box. But the fact that she did not mention bail reform shows me that he, she is owned by the left. You know, people have said that Kathy Ockel is this moderate and she's going to come in and she's kind of the, the common sense candidate. I think she's about as moderate as Kirsten Gillibrand. If you remember, they used to say the sure. same thing about right. Kirsten Gillibrand. And now she's one of the most liberal senators in the Senate, whenever you can find her, by the way, she seems to be MIA recently, but that's a whole other topic of discussion. Um, but looking at Kathy Hochul, that was one thing that truly stuck out in her state of the state speech. Uh, more than anything, to not mention bail reform, it just showed me that she is completely owned by those by that social justice warrior group on the left that we talk about, which is the Alvin Braggs in the world. The one thing that uh, Governor Hochul said recently that uh, I and I think a lot of people in our audience really welcomed her saying was that she's going to push for term limits for the statewide elected officials. She didn't mention term limits for the legislature, but I'm curious what your view is of term limits in general and uh, who should be term limited in state government if you were to be elected governor. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think, look, I think the governor should be term limited to, to two terms, uh, to do consecutive uh, terms. I think anybody who holds statewide office. Um, you know, it's interesting when you get down to the assembly level, um, you know, I think this is where it's, it's great to have these, you know, uh, these, these debates in terms of the policy of, of this, you know, because in some of the assembly districts, Maybe the most talented person might be somebody who is term limited out. But I do think career politicians, one of the worst things for 
I think any constituency is having a career politician spend in the same slot for 20, 25, 30 years. So I am a champion of term limits. What I could say, I, I think it's very simple on, on a statewide level. It should be two terms simply. And on assembly and a state Senate level, um, I, I would want to discuss more exactly mm-hmm. what that limit should be. Uh, before giving a, a clear answer on it, but but I I am in favor of term limits all across the board. Maybe maybe a little longer terms for state assembly members and state senators than statewide offices. Uh, the rumor is the Republican race for governor could be a lot more crowded in the next week or two. There's <laughs> speculation that uh, Harry Wilson, the businessman yep. who ran for state controller back in 2010, may jump into this race as soon as next week. Any reaction to Harry Wilson jumping in? No, you know, look, I, I welcome as many voices as possible in this process. You know, one of the things that we keep seeing, Frank, is is we continue to see that we have a 15 to 25 point uh, lead in the polls. Uh, last poll that came out was from Siena Research. So these aren't internal polls that the Giuliani campaign is paying for. These are uh, polls that are statewide that anybody can go and take a look at. Uh, the last one in December had us up 17 points wow. over the congressman from Long Island and over Rob Astorino. Um, so to me, if, if Harry or anybody else wants to jump in, I welcome this debate. I think, honestly, uh, the, the more good voices we have in this primary process between now and June 28th, the better it's going to be for the Republican candidate. Of course, I believe that's going to be me, but the better it's going to be for the Republican candidate on November 8th to take down Kathy Hochul or whoever ends up being the representative for the Democrats. Final question, Andrew, whether we're talking public safety, whether we're talking taxes, whether we're talking education or uh, reform of state government, you're probably almost certainly going to have to work with a Democratic legislature if you do get Mm -hmm. elected governor. How do you govern? Let's say you're able to get elected. How do you govern so that you're able to actually get some of your agenda enacted and that everything is not an Albany stalemate, as we've seen so many times when there were different parties in power? It's a great question. And I guess the first the first part of that answer is uh, it'll be a lot easier if you don't have two Democratic supermajorities, mm. which is what you have right now. Right. I mean, they have there are two veto proof majorities both in the Assembly and in the State Senate. Now, obviously, we'll, we'll see what the, what the maps look like when they get finalized. Um, it'll probably look a lot more like the Democratic map, considering, uh, considering it's going to the, uh, to the judge here. But, um, but we'll see what that looks like. I really am hopeful that not only the State Senate, but the State Assembly, that those supermajorities will cease to exist. But, but the strategy is very simple on this. Um, you know, when we went on November 8th of 2022 and take office on, on January 1st, 2023, uh, I, I'm happy to uh, have as many conversations as possible in the first 90 days with Democratic Assembly members and state senators about public safety, about taxes, about educational choice. But on issues, if I find that those state senators, those state assembly, uh, state assembly members are owned by the Albany bureaucrats, whether it's the teachers' union, whether it is the Soros wing of the social justice warriors, then then I look forward to taking our act on the road and as governor using the bully pulpit and going directly to their constituents, whether it be in the South Bronx or whether it be in Buffalo, in Rochester, and explaining to the constituents directly, utilizing the bully pulpit, but explaining why their representative is not actually out there for them 
but why they are owned by the special interest and why you need to ultimately give our ideas a chance on this. I think sometimes you have so, too many people that vote traditionally just D down the line. Sure. And they don't necessarily understand what they're voting for. I think that's the power of being able to use the governor's office when you're talking about talking directly to constituents. That's one of the things that's so important in this. We need to make sure that we utilize the bully pulpit, but utilize it on a local level and go in and make sure that we are explaining what the consequences of one party rule in Albany and all of these Democratic proposals are doing to people. Andrew Giuliani, thanks so much for the time this morning. I am sure we're going to be seeing and hearing a great deal from uh, from you between now and uh, the primary in June. Best of luck to you. Frank, always great to be on with you, and you take care of that little guy. Yeah, give my best to Grace. Tell her to reserve a prom date for my son Carmine uh, in 17 years. (laughs) Hey, she promised me on, on day one. No boyfriends till 25, so we'll have to work that one out. Got it. Uh, Andrew Giuliani, uh, 15 Seconds of Fame is next. If you want to comment on any portion of my discussion with Andrew or anything else we've covered today, give me a call, 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.